The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Just then, a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you, look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly, a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, you faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. When I read the gospel assigned for today, my very first question was, why are there two stories? Sometimes Jesus uses a story to answer a question. That's what he's doing when he tells the story of the Good Samaritan in chapter 10, when he answers the lawyer who asks, who is my neighbor? But that's not what's happening here. Other times, Jesus uses multiple stories to explain a characteristic of God. That's what he's doing when he tells the parable of lost things in chapter 15, connecting three different but closely related stories to describe the joy God finds in relationship with us. But that's not what's happening here either. 
In this passage, the connection between the stories isn't obvious. Instead, chapter 9 reads more like a series of journal or diary entries by one of the apostles. Day 1, Jesus commissioned us today to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Day 6, what a success! We proclaimed the good news and cured diseases everywhere. Day 7, now we're back in Galilee and crowds have gathered around Jesus. Today, more than 5,000 men plus women and children were there. And Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. And tonight, Jesus predicted that he will suffer and be rejected by the leaders here in Israel. He told us he will be killed. Later, when he asked us who people say he is and who we say he is, Peter declared that Jesus isn't one of the ancient prophets or John the baptizer raised from the dead, but the Messiah of God, the Christ, the anointed one whom God promised to us. Day 15, a couple of us went up on the mountain to pray with Jesus, and we are still overwhelmed by what we saw and heard there. God spoke to us on that mountaintop. But after we came down the mountain, we were again surrounded by crowds who need Jesus. It turns out the stories in today's gospel have more in common than I first knew. They reveal two different portraits of the holiness of God. The first one is what we expect holiness to look and sound like. The dazzling clothes and the brilliant shining light, heavenly bodies, a loud voice that sounds like Charlton Heston or Morgan Freeman thundering in our ears. The terrified reaction of the apostles. But the second story is also about the holiness of God. If we hear ourselves in the story as one of the apostles, then it's what happens when we come down off the mountaintop, when we leave our fortresses of sanctuary and worship, when we come face to face with the crowds who still need Jesus. And if we locate ourselves in those crowds, because we've only glimpsed Jesus from far away, or we've eaten with his followers and listened to his teaching, but have not yet experienced the merciful love of God firsthand, then it is a story of God's healing grace for us. When I speak about holiness, I'm not speaking only of heaven and the divine. God's holiness is a both and. Psalm 99, an enthronement psalm, proclaims in verse 1, God sits enthroned upon the cherubim, the winged heavenly creatures who are found in the holiest of places. And in verse 2, God is great in Zion among the earthly civilizations. 
As Eden Seminary's J. Clinton McCann writes, the holiness of God is not holy other. When a colleague wondered out loud what to make of the first story where the apostles on the mountaintop were drenched in glory, I recalled Father Richard Rohr's description of our world as Christ-soaked, made sacred and anointed by God's presence with us. I believe we have these two stories because we are invited to see how God is being revealed in both the mystical showing of God's power in God's only Son and the physical healing of the Father's only child. In Lutheranism, we believe the work of transfiguration or transformation is ongoing. We confess we are both saint and sinner. We know that we cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe in our salvation through Jesus Christ. And we believe that we are sanctified or made holy by the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Even as we, like Peter and the others, live imperfectly as disciples. The transfiguration of our Lord that we celebrate today is always immediately before Ash Wednesday, when we begin the 40-day season of Lent. When we gather together on Wednesday, particularly, we will confess our sins and commit to return with all our heart to God. Throughout Lent, we are invited to rediscover God's ongoing presence in our lives to pray, and to draw near to God, fasting or abstaining from things that distract us from God and giving out of the abundance that God has first given us. Drenched in God's love, mercy, and glory, we are invited to be transformed and to participate in the transformation of the world around us. Let us pray. Holy and grace-filled Lord, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to us to love us and to heal us. We are drenched by your mercy in baptism and made holy by your Holy Spirit. Show us how to live as your disciples and proclaim the good news to all who need your Son. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.